Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast. In celebration of our 75th Jubilee year, we are talking to alumni throughout our history about who they are, what they're doing now, and their candid experiences of life on campus. We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. We're excited and honored today to welcome Major Andrew Matwijic to the podcast. Andrew is a 2010 graduate who studied philosophy, theology, and minored in German. He's had a successful career serving our country in the military. He helped found the ROTC program here at Franciscan. He's a proficient photographer and has traveled the world, and we are so excited to hear all about his experiences and his career today. Welcome, Andrew, to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. So, Andrew, before we get started, can you tell us where you are coming live from today? Because <laughs> it's we've had a few people talking from across the pond, but it's always interesting to know where you are. Yes, so I am talking to you live today from Bavaria, Germany. Bavaria, Germany. Beautiful area, I'm sure. Yes, incredibly gorgeous. (laughs) Lucky you. All right. Well, we have a lot that we want to learn and hear from you about today. So can you take us all the way back uh, to how you got to Franciscan? How did you decide to come to study here? And then what did you study? Yes. Uh, Yeah, you're asking me to think back quite a bit. So I'd say the first thing that inspired me to attend Franciscan was my family. We were actually living in New Jersey at the time. Um, This was prior to high school. And we would take trips out to, I don't know if you heard of Catholic Family Land, which is west of Steubenville. So we would go over multiple summers and we'd always stop at the university, uh, visit, attend conferences. Um, We would always go to the Port Chapel before we left. And I just remember every single, I've lost count of the number of times we actually visited before I actually started attending there as a student. Just was inspired, just moved by the Holy Spirit. And someone just told me, you need to attend college here. Uh, so went to high school, obviously, with Megan. Um, <laughs> Fun fact there for our audience. Andrew and I <laughs> yeah. actually ended up going to high school together. So, And yeah. then college. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, went through, I guess, for lack of a better term, discernment while in high school, applied to a couple other colleges, but Francisco is always on my heart, was accepted. And then lo and behold, there's like 16 other, more than that, 16 other uh, seat nights from high school attending Franciscan, and I just, you know, felt something inside, like, yes, you're going to be in the right place. Yeah. Uh, and I believe that to this day. So, showed up at Franciscan along with Megan, <laughs> studied, uh, so I was a double major, so I studied philosophy, theology, and did a minor in German. Wow. Okay, so did you know that you wanted to study philosophy, theology, minor in German when you arrived? I mean, 
for our audience, they don't know that Andrew is a fairly uh, driven person and he, I, I feel like he's always known what he's wanted in life, but was there something that changed when you got there or did you kind of come in knowing this is what I want to study because I know who I want to study from. I know what I want to learn from the people that are here. Yeah. So the theology and philosophy was very straightforward for me. I think I always knew I wanted to study those even back in high school, middle school. Um, because in high school, I had to discern the priesthood and a little bit at the beginning of college. And just um, theology, in my mind, was, I guess, the no-brainer. Because, you know, studying about God, I mean, what could be better? And then philosophy, the two of those create like a very unique marriage. They go hand in hand, studying about God and then about man. And they complement each other. So it was very natural for me to want to study both of those. Um, my memory fails me, but I, I had studied German for four years in high school. I can't remember if I started right off the bat with a German minor or if Frau Engeldoyle did some convincing <laughs> to get me to actually minor. I remember I did take German classes from the, from the start there, Francis, and I can't remember if I was pursuing a minor right off the bat or not. I do remember sitting down for and having that discussion then coming out of that, like, okay, I'm going to do a minor because it is feasible. I'm glad you did. Yeah. I, I, you're probably using it <laughs> where you are now. Yeah, it's a little rusty. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm very curious, which we'll get into later, how your philosophy and theology has impacted where you are now. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> but before we get to that, can you give us a little idea of what life as a student was like for you? What were you involved in and what was your presence on campus? Yes. So I lived on campus all four years. Um, I, besides the degrees, very active in music ministry. Um, if I remember correct, I was in a group the first year and then I led groups the remaining three years. Uh, just as you're well aware, talented musicians. Um, God bless the students of yes. which is incredible voices to praise it. Uh, so it was definitely a blessing to be a part of that. So I did that for all four years. And unlike many students, I was not a part of a household. Um, really the first year I didn't do a household, I didn't do an Army RTC until the latter half of that first year. And then went to Austria, came back from that, and then really got into the Reserve Officer Training Corps program and helping to start that on campus. Uh, for, and I carried through all the way to graduation with that. And that pretty much occupied most of my time. Yeah. And I just remember talking to a lot of my classmates because it was somewhat foreign to them. Uh, having a military or a student trained for the military and not being part of a household because everyone pretty much, well, that was a thing to do to be a part of a household. Uh, so definitely a unique experience. Um, I would say very rewarding as well because we would be up at, 2, 3 a.m. every single day of the week, Monday through Friday, just to go to the University of Pittsburgh yeah. or a university in uh, West Virginia to work out for one to two hours and then drive back. And by the time we got back, the rest of the students were waking up to go to Mass. Oh, um, my goodness. And it was it was just a very interesting, because I talked to them, and they're like, hey, uh, why weren't you at Mass? I was like, well, we were running like six miles um, offering up that sacrifice while mm. you're attending mass. So very, a different perspective, I guess, is what you would call it. 
Um, but that, I just remember one uh, physical training session we did actually there in the field house beneath the crucifix, and we were doing exercises basically on the back of your limbs out, and you're moving your limbs around exercising. <laughs> I just remember like opening my eyes because we were in pain, and the first thing that I see is this massive crucifix in front of me. Like, oh, this is what it, this is what it must have felt like. Hmm. Just a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So just to clarify, you were a part of the recreation of that ROTC program on campus um, during that time. And how how many people were doing that with you, traveling at 2, 3 a.m.? Yeah, I remember that. So, so I was actually brought into the program by a fellow student, a fellow cadet. Um, so the initial group, if I remember correctly, there were three of us, three Three of us who were core, yeah, yeah, core steadfast on that program, and then it expanded into the teens by the time I graduated. That's wonderful. Um, and just just looking at the focus, that's the amount of now looking back on just the amount of sacrifice we had to put in just to go through with that to commission on the end, like yeah. I have to attribute it to God's grace because we didn't have, we didn't have all the resources here at Franciscan. So you, you had to travel, like you said, to colleges in West Virginia, colleges in Pitt to just do your, your everyday basic training, which in most state schools and bigger schools, they have it all right there. So you almost had this other element of sacrifice and desire. Your will was tested in a different way. You were living. Yeah. You were in your own type of household. Would you say (laughs) program? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes, exactly. Um, plus balance. You're already up at two, 3 AM and you go to class at eight and you're in class until five. You got class homework. Plus you got military homework. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Gosh, that is a world that I think most of us civilians have no idea the sacrifice as a college student to be able to do all of that and give so much of yourself when everybody else, like you said, is Hanging out, enjoying, sleeping in, whatever the case is. So maybe living a little bit more for themselves. It's almost like you had your foot already. Well, it's not like it. You had your foot already out, one foot out in your career, in the life outside of being a student, and not really living for yourself entirely. Yes, and that's the one thing I noticed at Franciscan uh, from the students doing the military program versus the other students is at a very young age, you are forced to grow up fast because especially as a junior and definitely as a senior, I was the company commander for, so I was the lead cadet over the students at Franciscan, um, a university in Pennsylvania, and then a university in West Virginia. And I had to answer the mail for all three of those. I think there were like 30 students, which looking back on it now is nothing. But at the time, like the military thrusts you into the seat and you're expected to jump and meet the standard. And it's not, hey, you know, there's practice for when you're in the real world. No, like <laughs> you're answering to an active duty commander. Right. Like this is the real world. So you definitely grow up fast. Yeah. So can we take a step back and how did you decide to do that and take that jump into the military in college? So that decision 
occurred years before on September 11th. So that is the event that triggered me to join the military. And I was homeschooled at the time, living in New Jersey, um, central New Jersey. And my father was actually at work that day across the bay from the, the towers. And he called my mom and said, hey, turn the TV. And I was watch things on the phone. I just remember uh, getting up like to grab water or something, watching this live on TV. And there's very few times in my life where a voice just breaks through and says, you need to do this. I can probably count two instances that that has happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that was the first one. I just remember a voice telling me, you must go into the military. And that was it. I was at peace with the idea. And I was 14 at the time, I think. Yeah. And I didn't. And I didn't really, I, I mean, I joined the military, did an RTC in college and then commissioned in 2010. But that, I guess, mandate or desire wasn't really fulfilled until I actually deployed to Afghanistan because that was a direct result of September 11th. I was fulfilled to join the military, but like, right. I felt like I um, had met that calling definitely when I deployed to Afghanistan. But yes, the call came on September 11th, 2001. And I just, and from that moment, I knew I, whether I'm a chaplain or whether I go in as a police officer, I need to go into the military. And I never wavered from that. Right. And so when you, you decided, did you always know the army was going to be your branch? Um, I had an inclination that it would be the Army. I was open to the other branches. I wanted to be on the front lines. Um, obviously, with the war on terror, everyone's pretty much on the front lines. But I knew it, I had an inkling to I wanted to be in the Army because that's where, at the time, me being a young man, I was like, oh, that, you know, they see all the action. Right. Obviously, my open when I, you know, joined, uh, began to that. Realize that no, it's the you know everyone's on the front line. It's one team, one fight. Wow! So when you graduated um, from Franciscan, if we want to go there, yeah. Um, when you when you graduated from Franciscan, and how does that work with ROTC? Do you go right into the Do you go right into the branch of the military that you have been preparing for? You're immediately commissioned. Yes. So I commissioned, I think it was two days, before, the Thursday before we graduated in 2010, uh, right there um, in JC Center. Had a huge ceremony there. Uh, commissioned alongside a fellow cadet. And then I was actually, so it works a couple of ways. So you either commission, get put on active duty immediately, or you get delayed until the next fiscal year. So I was delayed. So I had that summer. So I became an officer and then went active duty officially at that October. And when did um, your when did your um, tour in Afghanistan when when did that occur? Were you in the military for a couple of years before that happened? Yeah, so I had been in the military two years. So I graduated Franciscan Commission, went to Fort Leonard for schooling, and then immediately reported to my first duty station in Alaska, and then. Did a couple missions in Asia, 
and then came back and then deployed to Afghanistan wow. in 2012. Wow. How long were you there? Uh, we were there for seven months. We were supposed to do nine, but then we uh, had our tour curtailed. And then um, did you do any more in Afghanistan? Did you do any more tours there? That no, not in Afghanistan. Wow. So uh, what has your path, what is, yeah, yeah, what is your military path taken you Because you, you were telling us about kind of the quote unquote department that you're in. So how did you fall into that role? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so I, I think the easiest way I can give a very quick rundown. Uh, so as I said, you graduated Franciscan board to Fort Leonard and then went to Alaska for a three-year tour and during that tour, did the combat tour for Afghanistan, did a couple missions in Asia. Um, at the end of my Alaska tour, basically I had an option to go back to Missouri, Fort Leonard, Missouri, which is home for the military police corps, or do a tour in Korea. So I chose Korea, which is usually a one-year assignment. Um, I was sent there as the deputy commander of the prison, the army prison in Korea. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that's like a pretty big uh, role there. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very eye-opening, very eye-opening uh, because we had folks in there from Japan, Korea. We, I was part of an operation to... Uh, apprehend the number one fugitive or fugitives they were a married couple if i remember correct on the cid which is a military law enforcement their their uh, bolo list so they're looking for this couple in asia and the uh, federal marshals caught them and they called me and my team up to the airport there in seoul and we did an exchange and my guys took them back to states exercising back to the states well. uh, <laughs> Yeah, so did that for a year, and then what was a blessing, towards the end of my tour there, I promoted to from a first lieutenant to a captain. And the same day I promoted to captain, I was offered a command of the Protective Service Detail Unit or Military Secret Service for the top Allied general there over all the UN forces. And so I accepted, moved to Seoul and took command of that unit. And basically the top allied commander there in Korea was his house, his residence was right next to my office. So I worked protecting him for a year. And then after that, moved back to Fort Leonard, Missouri for Captain Spirit Course, uh, the course for captains. Did that for several months and then got selected to command two military police units at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Uh, so one did focus on law enforcement there on the base and then the other one was a canine unit. And basically we did secrets, we did missions with the Secret Service protecting uh, the candidates during the 2016 election campaign. Uh, President Trump, President Obama, and some other dignitaries, dignitaries whenever they traveled worldwide. So that definitely was eye-opening. Wow. Uh, did that, went to Germany, was the deputy provost marshal for Bavaria. So as the number two law enforcement guy or cop over the four bases here in Bavaria. Uh, so if 
you messed up anywhere <laughs> in Bavaria or in Europe, really, came across my desk. Worked with all the different law enforcement agencies here in Germany. Uh, just excellent people to work with. Did that for two and a half years, and that kind of select did for a third command of the team that runs a NATO training base here. Uh, there's about 700 individuals in that unit. So I was their commander for a year, then got picked up for promotion to major, went to Fort Leavenworth, and now I'm back with the 18th Military Police Brigade that does operations in, all across Europe and now Africa. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I just feel like I went on a journey, but also can I say, you know how like some people say all roads lead to Rome or here we say all roads lead back through Steubenville because, you know, people just always come back. I feel like for the military, you just kept saying Leavenworth a lot. And I feel like for you, it's like all roads have to lead back through Fort Leavenworth. It's like, Fort Leavenworth. oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, but you're, you're saying that and I'm thinking to myself, okay, we might know, but for our listeners, you keep saying military police for those people that don't know, that's the police force, law enforcement for those in the military. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, yep. cool. But you've yeah, done the, so much with that. You, you've done a lot. Yes, and a lot of it, like, if I would actually get into the details of my job, you would probably say that's not a whole lot of things we think of police doing. Um, and rightly so, yeah, military police, they sometimes shorten it. Obviously, MP is a term we've probably heard in, like, movies and stuff. They also refer to us as multi-purpose, um, <laughs> which is true to an extent because just the amount of things that the experiences that we have is very unique. And I think compared to a lot of other branches, we are unique. And a lot of those other branches, they have experiences, but not necessarily as many as we have. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I just feel very humbled to, to be able to have this conversation because I think you... Yeah, you're doing incredible work. So first of all, thank you for all of your service and all that you're doing. Um, can you give us a little insight into, based on what you're doing in all of those positions, what was your formation and your experience as a student of Franciscan and studying philosophy and theology? How has that impacted your day-to-day -day life and what you're doing? Because I'm going to take a guess that you are a bit of a rare bird, even though I think everybody is very disciplined and structured and must have like good virtue and character that you're working with. Uh, but I feel like you might be, uh, yeah, experiencing life a little bit differently. Would that be true? Yes. Um, I will definitely say my foundation, not only Franciscan, but going all the way back to when I was homeschooled and then high school, um, especially the specifically folks on Franciscan, the faith community at Franciscan and studying theology provided the, a bedrock for me that I'm, I'm not in the military giving theology classes, obviously. <laughs> but I think for me personally, just that foundation that started with my parents, went through homeschool, high school, that foundation, which is God, has been the rock and anchor that has basically kept me centered, even though, you know, there might be chaos around me. And then the military is, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of chaos and there's, yeah, I mean, yes, it's, it, it can be stressful. There's a lot going on, um, whether that be on the battlefield, 
or in the office and just having that foundation where you're able to collect and do inner reflection has kept me steady throughout. Um, and that I definitely attribute, I guess, Franciscan was that final state because like I said, my parents started it and it went all the way through my childhood schooling. And then Franciscan was that last um, place where pretty much I just re relearned those lessons I had learned for the past mm -hmm. decade or so. Um, same, same with philosophy, just studying humans. Um, I interact with people every single day and knowing how they, they tick has helped me every single hour, every single day. Mm -hmm. uh, and the two of those combined, I mean, it's, yeah, it's gold, working with gold, basically having those, that background <laughs> theology and philosophy. Has there been a particular experience or role that you have had um, in your career that was most formative for you, um, most eye-opening, or, or that you enjoyed the most? I mean, you've done so much. Uh, that, yeah, that, that's a tough one because all my duty stations, I'd say, were great. Uh, I learned a ton in each one. I I, I'd say probably... One of the one of the assignments that stand up the most is Korea. Um, I had a blast in Korea. Um, the first part was just pretty tough as a lieutenant and working in corrections. Definitely a different world from what I was used to. Um, but definitely when I promoted the captain a little bit over there and actually became a commander. Um, my perspective of the army changed, especially as a commander, because. I don't think there's another position in the military where you can affect other people's lives for the better, or in some cases for the worse. Uh, because as a commander, you're, you are basically the parent of however many hundreds of people. Um, and your, your word is law. And you have to, you know, treat all your soldiers as children. And that amount of responsibility, there are a few things elsewhere in the world that equate to that level of responsibility. Being a parent would be one of us, like being a parent, being a judge, being a CEO, take every top level position and combine it into one. And that's what's like being a commander. Wow. And I just know the team I worked with in Korea, awesome team. Um, I work with some of them here in Germany now. Uh, the military police were very small. Just seeing the positive effect you have on soldiers and then watching their careers grow based on things that you taught them is just incredible. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Well, I'm glad that you are the, that person, you know, doing that. And now even speaking as a mother, you know, I have a few friends that are a little bit older than me that whose sons and daughters are going into the military and to think about the people that will be forming them, you know, I wish for their sake, they could all have the same background and the same principles as you, you know, mm -hmm. because you're not, you're forming them, but you, like you said, your bedrock is of God is with your study of theology is with your study of philosophy. But if you think about other people that could be forming these children, I mean, some of them are like basically children, uh, young people, you know, what is their foundation? What does it really come down to at the end of the day? You know, so grateful for that. 
All right. Well, on a, a different note, you have a really neat hobby that we wanted to share about because you are an incredibly talented photographer. And we wanted to hear a little bit about your experience as a photographer and yeah, how you got into that and what some of your favorite parts of photography are. Yes. So I've always had an eye for photography, but I really got serious about photography following my tour in Afghanistan. And in Afghanistan, there was a a sergeant, non-commissioned officer who worked for me in our operations center and we would do 12 hour shifts. And so there'd be many shifts and during which he would teach me about photography because he used to be a professional photographer. So he inspired me, got back from Afghanistan, I was stationed in Alaska at the time, bought a Nikon camera and then just started shooting. And obviously Alaska is stunning. I mean, what, stunning, yeah. Photographer. So I started there, but then felt inspired to travel internationally to take photographs. So I think if I remember correct, the first that summer after coming back from Afghanistan, I took, did the Trans-Siberian Railway from Moscow to Beijing to Mongolia and brought the camera with me, shot like, I think it was 20,000 photographs. Oh my goodness. One trip. Yeah, it was a number. Like I did publish all of them, obviously, but just the experience, the photography was one part, but just meeting those people and just, I'd always been fascinated by that region of the world. I will never be on another trip that equates to that. Um, mm. but did that and then basically had the travel bug. I think went to Africa a few months after that, moved to Korea, went to China, a whole bunch of countries in Asia, and just continued traveling from that. Um, to date, um, very quickly approaching country number 90. Wow. Uh, I've been to all seven continents twice now. Twice. Uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Was it once good enough? Seven. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> Australia in the spring uh, was the latest one. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's just been absolutely incredible. The, the place I've been able to visit between the army and then just for vacation, um, just traveling with the camera. And I don't do like one country, two country trips. I'll go and visit 14 countries at a time. Oh. <laughs> Take photographs. Uh, now, did yeah. <laughs> that did did that um, philosophy or drive to just get it, you know, get her done? Did that start in Austria? Because when you were in Austria, obviously you traveled around. So were you like, okay, this is doable. I'm gonna. This is how I'm gonna operate. Yes, yeah. So yes, Gaming Austria. My semester in Gaming was really the first time. First time I've been to Europe, and the first time I really like was on a schedule and traveled internationally a lot. Um, and then I don't think I did, I think I only went to 16 countries in the semester. Only then, only 16? Is that what you just said? Well, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but, then, but now, I mean, I've been to all the countries in Europe except one. Wow. What's the country? And, uh, Belarus. Okay. All right. Yeah. I almost went, and then it was my last tour here. COVID hit the weekend I was supposed to leave. So uh, I had to take a trip, and then obviously, I mean, you can turn on the news now and see what's going on there. So I 
probably will not be visiting that country anytime soon. Oh my goodness. Um, so do yeah, you mostly, do you like to take landscape uh, photos or people like experiences? What's kind of your drive in all those travels? So I'd say my genre is landscapes. And the one thing about landscapes is just the natural beauty of creation. Uh, I've always had an eye for landscapes. I do a little bit of people. I'm still actually learning uh, portraits. Um, street photography, I'd say. I'm also learning. Um, but I usually will go to a place based on the natural landscape. And then everything else is secondary. Hmm. Very cool. Um, and you've won a few awards. Is this correct for your photography? Uh, yes. So in 2016, I believe it was, I won a travel contest. Um, and and the, re- the award was free Delta Airline tickets. <laughs> Amazing. And, yeah. What was funny, they, the, there were two tickets because they were expecting a uh, a couple to win the prize. And I called the guys like, well, it's just me. So can you do two round trips anywhere in the world? <laughs> they said, yes. Right. Um, so that was another 20 some countries. <laughs> you really made that one photograph work for you. <laughs> yeah. Where, um, what was the picture? What was the photograph of? So it was, the picture you've probably seen of the, the little boy in Cambodia rowing a boat. Yes. Um, yeah, that, that was a photo that placed first. And I had another one placed second, if I remember correct, that I had shot in Patagonia. Nice. Very cool. Um, and then the second contest was the year afterwards at, um, I had entered an Army digital photography contest. And there are many different groups I placed first in this particular group. Um, and that one was a Patagonia photograph hmm. oh, place first. That's amazing. Good for you. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to transition into our hot takes from the hill where we're going to have some more rapid fire. And I'm really curious because you had a very interesting experience at Franciscan being so dedicated to your formation in the, in the ROTC program. Um, and so I feel like we haven't heard about any of these yet. So you're a little unique on the podcast. Okay, so who was your favorite professor while you were here? I liked all my professors, but one that stands out is from Angle Doyle. May she rest in peace. Mm, amen. She's a popular one. What about your favorite class? That's a tough one again because I enjoyed all of them, but I would say German. All right. Consistent. (laughs) I'm sensing a theme. Okay. Well, when you were not running around at different universities and doing PT and all of that, where were you studying on campus? What was your favorite place to just get the job done? So I might be unique in this aspect. So my favorite place to study, really the only place I could study was in my dorm room. Yeah, most people. I like peace and quiet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate the library. I hate anywhere else outside my dorm room. <laughs> Too many distractions. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, did you have a favorite friar or sister from your time on campus? 
uh, another tough one because they were, yeah, they were all my favorite. You can Um, have multiple if you have a few. Yeah. So father day, especially for my semester abroad, definitely one of my favorites. Uh, the whole, all, all the clergy that were with us in Austria, um, even back on campus. I mean, that's too many to count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's great. It's all, true. Yeah. All in grace filled. I mean, I know they, they all time for number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very blessed with our friars and our sisters. It's true. So with all of your travels, national, mm-hmm. international, military, have you ever run into a Franciscan alum anywhere that was unexpected or a surprise? Yes. When I was stationed here in Germany the last time at the parish church at our base in Hohenfeld, I was up in the choir loft leading the music for Sunday Mass. And afterwards, uh, this woman taps me on the shoulder and she's there with her baby and then her husband standing next to her and introduced herself saying, hey, I graduated from Franciscan University, I recognize some of the songs you're playing. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, I don't think the husband's, a, he had not graduated from Francisco. He was in, he was in the military. Uh, so it ends up she was a fellow uh, alumni. I think the same year group. Um, what was also interesting was that her husband was one of the 700 soldiers I was the commander of at the time. Wow. So he was also in my unit. Wow. And it was just out, out of the blue in, in the middle of Bavaria on a military installation, <laughs> one of the smaller military installations at Sunday Mass. I wanted to, oh, you also graduated from Franciscan. That's incredible. I love it. Oh, that's a good story. That's a great story. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, Andrew, thank you so much. I am just very edified and inspired by you. So thank you again for your service to the country and also for just sharing about your hobbies and your experiences. It seems like you live life to the fullest and it's always good to hear about that. Thank you. So thank you so much. And uh, we are, here's a little plug. We're coming to Austria next summer for our alumni reunion. So maybe we'll be able to see you while we're neighbors there. Yes. It's only a couple hours drive for me to get down to Dallin. That would be great. So, well, thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Legends from the Hill. If you liked this conversation, please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Franciscan Alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus. Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75-year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill.